Welcome to the podcast of Fairmount Presbyterian Church in Cleveland Heights, Ohio, where we feature our worship sermons. Listen again to past sermons from home, when you are traveling, or wherever you are. Listen in if you need a moment of reflection, inspiration, and love. As your parish associate for visitation, I have had the blessing of many wonderful conversations. One of those was with Jim Esch, who was with me in as a young disciple at Fairmount. We both got our third grade Bibles together from Fairmount. And he came back after, he's stepping back from a remarkable career and he's living in Florida now, but he wanted to come back and talk to Ryan and to I and just show his appreciation for Fairmount. I sense that he appreciated just the nostalgia of all the warm memories, but deeper than that, I think he wanted to see the wonderful ways God was working in his life and he didn't realize it at the time that he was going through it. Jim related the story of a lesson he received from a Sunday school teacher who taught him. The teacher, the teacher asked, would you put ink into orange juice? And Jim said, no. Then the teacher asked, then why sin? And that made such an impression on Jim that he shared that story with both Ryan and I. That teacher saw in Jim a very special person and shared that picture with him. And Jim could see it thanks to that teacher. I am blessed by this story and by Jim's infectious joy. And he's actually going to be visiting August 20th on Bate Sunday, and I hope to see him then. Uh, Jim's story is a wonderful preface to our scripture passage this morning. The word of the Lord was rare in in those days, but it did come to the young disciple Samuel. Samuel will become a prophet that bridges the period of the charismatic leadership of the judges of the 12 tribes of Israel to the period of the kings, about 1000 BCE. Our second passage comes 1000 years later and concerns Saul, a major figure in the founding of the church. What I would, look, what I would like to look at, look at today is how the word of the Lord comes to Samuel and to Saul. How does God speak to them? In the case of the young disciple Samuel, God calls his name, but Samuel does not recognize who is calling him. Three times God calls his name, and he still doesn't recognize. He goes to Eli each of those times, and then finally Eli realizes that it's God who's trying to call him. So he tells him, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening when you hear the voice. And he does and he hears the Lord speaking to him. In our second passage, God speaks to Saul through Ananias. Saul earlier has a spectacular vision and encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus. He's stunned, he he can't eat, he can't drink. Then he has a dream of a visit from Ananias, but it takes another actual human being to show him what God is telling him. It takes God speaking through Ananias. John Calvin, one of the deepest thinkers I know, writing in the 16th century, asks, why didn't Jesus just explain everything to Saul when he has his encounter with Saul on the road to Damascus? Why does Jesus use Ananias instead of teaching the gospel to Saul himself? For Calvin, Jesus is establishing that the preaching of the gospel falls to the church, to you and I. That is why Calvin refers to the church as our mother, 
is our mother because it keeps us in the presence of God. It keeps the word, the live word. Our weakness does not allow us to be dismissed from her school, the church, until we have been pupils all our lives. So you might say, okay, God can speak to us through other people. What is the big deal? We all have good teachers. We all have friends who speak to us with good advice. But it's altogether different, altogether different when God speaks to us through another person. Let us go back to Saul in the house of Judah on the street called Straight. He had no appetite, no thirst. He could not see. I wonder if he could have heard the gospel of Jesus Christ if he had heard it on the Damascus Road. So Jesus goes to Ananias and tells him that he has great plans for Saul. Jesus tells Ananias that Saul is a chosen instrument. Jesus has great confidence in who Saul is intended by God to be. Jesus has faith in Saul and entrusts that message to Ananias. Ananias is convinced and goes to Saul and gives him that message that faith Jesus has in Saul. Saul receives the message and is changed forever. Saul was an elite. He spoke Greek and Hebrew. He studied with Jamaliel. He was a Pharisee. The Pharisees were the legacy of the Hasidim, the holy ones who won the big war against the Greeks. But at the end of his life, from a prison cell, Saul counts his prior accomplishments, all his loss. He regards them as rubbish so that he can have the righteousness that comes through the faith of Jesus Christ. The faith of Christ changed Saul forever, and he heard about it through Ananias. When God speaks to us through others, it is altogether different from good advice. In my own life, I know this to be true. This Tuesday will mark the sixth anniversary of Brenda and I coming from Chicago to Cleveland. It was a big step in our lives. The night before we left, we went out to dinner at Kabul House in Evanston with two dear friends. And after our reasonable conversation, Bud turned to me and said, you're going to do fine in Cleveland. You're going to be a parish associate. And so that was a surprise to me, and I thought, I just didn't see it. But sure enough, seven months later, Brenda told me about a job possibility at Fairmont as a parish associate, and here I am. But it was a message of love that everything will be all right, as if it's from another world, a message of love that is as if everything's going to be all right. It was a message of the faith of Christ in me. It is an incomparable feeling that I hope everybody has. One more example of God speaking to us through other people. A pastor from LaGrange Presbyterian Church was interviewing at a major Cleveland Presbyterian church in the 1970s. The pastor loved the church, and the nominating committee was thrilled. It takes three to confirm a call, the presbytery, the pastor, and the calling church. All three were feeling very good about the call. The pastor took a plane flight to visit the church. He sat next to someone who knew about the church he was visiting, and he told the pastor what to expect about the church. It was that conversation with a stranger on a plane on a visit to the church that convinced the pastor. Hank Anderson was our pastor for 16 years. So maybe God speaks to us through others, and that can be a wonderful experience, but what does it do for the world? God can speak to us through others, but does it really amount to anything of consequence? 
that God speaks to us and through other people leads us to personal and social transformation. As we are transformed, others are transformed. Eli tells Samuel how to respond to the distant voice he hears, and Samuel is transformed. But Eli shares in Samuel's epiphany, God speaks to the child Samuel directly because Samuel has the openness and limitless horizons to see and hear. Eli is blessed because it makes real to Eli how God had spoken to Eli before. And I don't know about you, but I listened to our young disciples talk about the voice of a dinosaur. Their hope, their wonder, evokes those qualities in me. I don't know if it does to any of you, but it does to me. Likewise with Ananias, Ananias shares the gospel with Saul, but Ananias is blessed by seeing what God is doing in and with Saul. Ananias' fear of Saul is replaced by confidence in God's power. And we see it in the next chapter when Cornelius has a vision to send for Peter, and Peter comes to Joppa. Actually, he comes to Cornelius, and Peter, not the angel, but Peter preaches the gospel to Cornelius, and then Cornelius receives the Holy Spirit. But Peter, too, is blessed because he now sees that God shows no partiality, and he shares that with the whole church. We can see God speaking through others with iconic Christian figures in world history. And Lindsay, I just see this again and again and again. Martin Luther, uh, I had a major role in the Reformation. Luther regarded the church of Ethiopia as a sibling church. Luther, Luther was aware of the Ethiopian church in 1512, five years before the 95 theses were published. Perceived practices of the Ethiopian church, such as celebrating with both bread and wine and worshiping in worship and reading the Bible in the vernacular, were adopted by the German Lutheran church. Luther urged full communion for Deacon Michael of the Ethiopian church when he visited Luther's church in Germany. I would argue that God spoke to Luther through Deacon Michael of the Ethiopian church and the result is transformational, and we are all still benefiting from it. This personal and social transformation from hearing God through other people is what I experience at Fairmount Presbyterian Church. In addition to being parish associate, I also enjoy Bible studies and the Fairmount Men's Forum. In one men's forum, our topic was the teaching of history in schools, very controversial. But one person shared, his experience of the teaching of history in Korea in light of the Japanese occupation of Korea. And then another person shared his experience of Branch Rickey and Jackie Robinson and how their Methodist faith impacted their wanting to change history. And then another person related just the history of teaching history in schools and how controversial that is and how Uncle Tom's cabin, according to Abe Lincoln, very well might have caused the Civil War. So it was a wonderful discussion. The end result was much greater than the sum of the parts. I have not talked to the men's forum about whether or not they are transformational for them or not, but my sense is that we all appreciate that something bigger than any of us is with us when we meet. But it takes courage to be part of the discussion. One has to be honest and vulnerable and to trust the motivations of other people. But God was present in our conversation. Each person who talked inspired the next person who talked. 
When others have that faith of Christ, they see the faith of Christ in me. They see parts of me I did not know I had. The faith of Christ has, for me, surfaces. I am reborn. It is contagious, like a good infection. This sermon is very much the result of the preaching and testimonies we have had this past year as we explore the theme of now, here, this. As your parish associate, I see myself as a student of this church. I study it and then I share its story with those who can't be with us on a regular basis. As I listen, I hear God speak to me through you. Jan in the Welcome Center greets everyone Sunday morning because she has the conviction everyone who walks through our door should be welcomed. When I hear that, I hear much more. I hear God telling me that everyone in this church should be greeted and just let my imagination run with that. I loved it a few, I loved it a few months ago when Steve and Ginger spoke about when they have experienced God's presence here at Fairmont. Steve urged us all to find God's presence here at Fairmont. Ginger gave a description of how she is doing just that. I see God speaking to all of us through them. Maybe we could all pay attention when we think of someone out of the blue for no other reason than we can account for, just someone's personage comes to our mind. Or maybe when we wake up, we find ourselves thinking about another person. Give them a call or write them a note or share our feeling with someone else. Maybe they're having the same feeling about that other person. When we think of someone else, God is speaking to us and we can be like Ananias. So I would like to peel back one more layer of the onion and I will be done. Hold on to your pew. In chapter 10 of Luke, the first volume of the Luke Acts set, Jesus sends out the 70. He tells them to preach the good news of the kingdom and that the one, the one hearing you hears me. The one hearing you hears Jesus Christ. The 70 came back and were ecstatic. Jesus celebrates with them. Then Luke tells us, in that very hour, Jesus rejoiced in the Holy Spirit saying, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows who the Son is except the Father, or who the Father is except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Jesus sent out the 70 saying, anyone who hears you hears me. When they come back, they celebrate together, and then Jesus rejoices in the Holy Spirit saying, thank you, God. Thank you, Father. Let us be cause for rejoicing. Amen. Please join with me in singing hymn 69. We thank you for listening to a worship episode from Fairmount Presbyterian Church. Revisit this podcast site weekly for new worship episodes. Have a beautiful and blessed day.